is our week in the Weege. Welcome to Week in the Ouija. I'm Natalie Crawford. And I'm Selena Jackson. This week in the Ouija. The death of a 12-year-old girl in Motherwell who was hit by a car has sparked new calls for traffic calming measures in the area. Campaigners trying to save the iconic O2 ABC in Glasgow earmarked for demolition have been given a short reprieve to get their case together. Our senior sports reporter Alison Conroy will be here with all the latest football news. The trial of a 16-year-old boy accused of the abduction, rape and murder of six-year-old Alicia McPhail on the Isle of Bute began. Glasgow business owners are welcoming a new consultation from the City Council to tackle antisocial behaviour. And hundreds of young people took part in a mass protest against climate change in George Square. All that and so much more on this week's Week in the Weech. This is a week in the Weech. Welcome back, Selena Jackson. Thanks very much. I'm so glad to see you. Oh dear. Descended into chaos already and we're only just out the headlines. I know. I've just been shouting into my microphone so that Natalie knows how to edit it and it's just... Yeah. It's just descended. How are yeah. you though? I'm How really, I'm really well, thank you. Good. It's been a very, very busy week, as you heard in the headlines. Lots of good local stories. Not yep. all of them will get a chance to speak about this week because well, we'd we'd be here to midnight. You'd be listening to a four hour podcast, and yep. I don't really think anybody, especially not us, has the attention span for that. <laughs> um, I feel like every single week we're like, oh, and. Sorry, this is such a big, long bumper podcast, and then we just keep doing it. And I know. So we can't <laughs> do that. Because there's again. just so much news happening in You're Glasgow, right. and it's all good news. It's all good stuff. Unfortunately, though, I mean, the first thing that we've got to talk about um, this week is 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 not so great. No, twelve-year-old um, Abby McLaren was knocked down and killed on a street in Motherwell called The Loaning on Tuesday afternoon and her death has sparked fresh calls for traffic calming measures to be put in place there. So far, a petition's gathered more than 10,000 signatures and the support of the local MP, Marion Fellows. Yeah, so she's written to North Lanarkshire Council to raise the community's concerns and join their calls in demanding action to improve safety it'll be speed bumps and a crossing we need somewhere where people can cross safely there is a busy there are a number of busy junctions on the loaning and it's a long straight road which causes some people to drive far too fast because there's nothing to impede their progress I think the number of people signing the petition will in fact rise quite substantially but even if no one else signs that petition the council need to look at this and do something positive to prevent it ever happening again So the people who live there have been telling us they feel as though their lives are in their hands, reversing out of their driveways or walking down the street. Signs had previously been added to the road. However, it's clear people feel much more is required. The house just at the end here, it's had two big crashes into its house. So you see, like, so there are walls down. Ask everyone, they'll tell you. I've had cars in my garden 
I've got a new front wall. It's it's atrocious. It's terrifying. Um, I mean, it's a 20 mile an hour speed limit, but frequently people are bumming along, I think, double that. There was another uh, petition online regarding the loaning. Um, there is a resident halfway along the loaning where his uh, perimeter wall has been smashed umpteen times to the point where he's actually not corrected it um, since the last time uh, and nothing was done at that junction once again. A 38-year-old man was arrested and charged with dangerous driving in connection with Abby's death and appeared at Hamilton Sheriff Court earlier in the week. I went down to the loaning when this story broke and, and you heard the, the, the voices of the people that I spoke to that, that live there um, in that last week clip. I was actually scared just sitting in my car. Really? Honestly. So you know how maybe if you've ever had to pull over in the hard shoulder or whatever and the, the speed of the car is going past you actually makes the car Shakes rock. The car, yeah. So I'm just sitting in a quiet residential street and that's what's happening. Um, I was standing on the, on the pavement recording a wee, a wee piece to camera and, and honestly the speed of some of the cars that were going past me mm. was really quite scary and one person told me that you know they've been living with this for, for 13 years asking for something to be done for 13 years and she said I knew that this is what it was going to take to get it done they Mm -hmm. weren't going to do something until somebody was actually killed well that's what you hear so often as well and it is so tragic you always hear people saying look someone's going to get killed if something isn't done but sadly it seems as though so often it actually takes that happening for people to sit up and take notice and say do you know what you're right something has to change here and I mean it's not as if people are asking for the world they're asking for speed bumps or something like that you know maybe the I don't, I don't know what you call them but you know the measures where only one car can pass at a time yeah like that. It can't, we, we have to drive we can zigzag yeah uh-huh. I mean it can't cost very much to put that in it wouldn't be a huge amount of disruption comparative to what it would be worth I mean this is the life of a 12 year old girl that's Absolutely. just been lost there and I mean like they said how many times does that have to happen before something changes one of the the issues that, that Marion Fellows the MP that we heard from earlier had raised is the fact that North Lanarkshire Council use the Police Scotland statistics around road incidents to determine where needs traffic calming measures mm-hmm. and they don't take into consideration complaints from residents. The statistics don't take into consideration, you know, incidents that the police haven't been called out to. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's ended up in your front garden and driven away and you've not called the police because it happens all the time, like you heard one of those guys there saying, you know, I've had umpteen cars yeah. and... In my, in my front garden. So that that was one of the issues that Marion Fellows was talking about. Do you know, they're not using the right statistics. They're yeah. not listening to people who live there. Yeah, and realistically, you're not going to call the police every time a car speeds down your road. But it is something that you'd maybe speak to your MP about. But it's if that's what they're using, it's not going to be representative of all the issues in the area. And it's not, like you said, taking into account the concerns of the people that are actually living there. Yeah. Well, hopefully they're going to be listened to now because, as we said, ten, more than 10,000, nearly 11,000 people have signed this petition calling for traffic carrying measures. Yep. And there's also going to be a torchlight walk on Sunday mm-hmm. around half past six in memory of Abby down the loaning and, and to raise awareness of the, the issues that, that people are, are seeing there. A week in the week.
we are joined by Alison, our senior sports reporter. Hello. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's your much. first time on Week in the Week. How does my, it feel? It's my debut. I'm honoured. I'm honoured to be here. Well, so glad to have you because we're always going on about how, you know, sport's amazing and blah, blah, blah. But Selena and I know absolutely nothing about it. So it's nice to actually have somebody that does. Thank you very much. So you were at Celtic Park for their defeat against Valencia. Yes uphill battle you're heading over there mm-hmm. next week what are your thoughts going into that tough very very tough for Celtic to take anything they really had to probably keep a clean sheet on Thursday night at Celtic Park to have a chance it was a disappointing performance from Celtic against a Valencia side who don't lose a lot of games they don't concede a lot mm. of goals they're going now to play a side who have lost four games this season in the Messiah. Celtic notoriously not great on the road in Europe and an uphill battle to have to score at least two goals without reply to have any chance of making it to the last 16 of the Europa League. Were they expected to get some goals past Valencia on Thursday night or was did it, did it go to plan or I'm guessing that wasn't the plan? No, it didn't plan. go to plan. No, I think a lot of people thought that at home in front of the crowd that would spur them on and they could do something. They started well the first 15 minutes they were looking good and then you could see the cracks starting and Valencia just took advantage. Brendan Rodgers said it himself, basic mistakes. And when you make the basic mistakes, that's when you start going backwards and sideways instead of going forward and you make it increasingly difficult for yourself. Too many players didn't perform on Thursday night for Celtic. Is this Celtic side the kind of side that that relishes coming back from behind? It's a difficult one because Celtic domestically are so very rarely in that position. If you look at their dominance domestically, they haven't conceded a goal since the winter break domestically. Mm. So they're going from the dominance domestically to going into Europe where nine times out of ten in these competitions at this stage particularly, they're the underdogs. So it's a totally different Mm -hmm. mindset to what they're used to week in, week out in Scotland. So what's going on elsewhere in, in Scotland then? Busy week as always for Scottish football. Um, Rangers, injury problems for their game against St Johnson. Jermaine Defoe and Kyle Lafferty both struggling. So up front, Stephen Gerrard's got problems because of course Alfredo Morelos is still suspended. So um, he's hoping they'll pull through for the game on Saturday against St Johnson. Alan McGregor of course suspended as well after he lost his red card appeal plastic pitches is another big issue this week yes yes it's something that's been going for a long long time Mm. all the players have signed a petition pfa scotland have taken it up well i say all the players all the players in the premiership with the exception of hamilton livingston and kilmarnock because of course they've got artificial pitches so it's very much all the other teams all the other players say we hate them we need to get rid of them injury wise they're not great those three teams saying, look, there's nothing wrong with them. We're happy to play on a week-in, week-out. Ziggy Gordon, Hamilton defender, spoke about it and said, you know, I've played on them all my life. I'm happy with it. My two worst injuries came on grass. And he's saying there needs to be a study before you can call for something to be banned. So if they were to be banned, how much would it cost these three clubs to tear them up and replace them? Well, that's what the clubs say. They make them money. These artificial surfaces make clubs mm. money because they can be played on day in day out week in week out so it's community based they're youth teams so it's not just the cost of lifting the pitch it's the revenue they would then lose by not being able to hire it out and use it for different things as well 
Yeah, because they're obviously they're not having to worry about whether it's going to be ready for, you know, their game on Saturday. Is it going to get dug up mm-hmm. and that that kind of thing? Yeah, because if a grass pitch can't be played on every yeah. single day of the week, or it would be unplayable. So where do we go from here? Then the the players have put in this petition. Is is there going to be a resolution to this, or is it just going to be one of these things that just keeps rumbling on, much like the the referees' argument? I can't see how there's a resolution unless. Scottish football's governing bodies make it a law that you cannot have an artificial surface in the top flight. A lot of lower league teams have them. Again, that's about money, that's about income. It's different because that it's for a lot of clubs their main income. So unless football's governing body turns around and bans them, it's going to be very difficult. Mm. You looking forward to Valencia? I am, although meant to be sunny I looked at the forecast earlier and it's suggesting it might rain a little bit when I'm oh, there so no, that would just be your luck I know it seems to be I went to Vienna it rained so I'm hoping Valencia I might get a little bit of sunshine fingers crossed, fingers crossed. we'll get you back on next week and you can, can tell us what the weather was like and then what maybe the a wee bit about like. the football yeah, yeah. excellent Alison I nearly called you Alison Robbie there <sighs> not being Alison Robbie ago. for a while Alison Conroy thank you very much thank you a week in the week. So next, a consultation to tackle antisocial behaviour around central stations should be rolled out to the whole city, according to businesses. Letters are now being sent out to around 500 shops, cafes and pubs in Argyle Street, Hope Street, Renfield Lane and Union Street. That's after pressure from the Glasgow Action Group. The local authorities are asking owners to help shape a new plan to tackle some of the issues they've raised, including drug use and aggressive begging. Cat House and Garage nightclub owner Donald McLeod says it's a good start. It's about time. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. It seems to be a pilot, but the fact that they're asking businesses and what what they think, what they'd like to do, you know, as a consultation exercise, strongly suggests that they really now acknowledge that there is a problem in that area. Now, as you said, Selena, this is off the back of pressure from the Glasgow Action Group, which is something we've covered quite a lot here on Week in the Weege. So this is action finally being taken from Glasgow City Council. Mm -hmm. Well, consultation. Consultation about possible action. action. Yeah. Yeah. And it is around, only around the area, around Glasgow Central, which I think businesses find a little bit disappointing Mm -hmm. because one of, of the main kind of figureheads in the Glasgow Action Group is James Mortimer who of course owns 29 Royal Exchange Square so I think they would have really have liked to have seen this consultation spread out a little bit further <coughs> than it is initially looking at but I do agree with, with Donald there he was saying you know it is a step in the right direction mm-hmm. we you know, I, do, I don't know how you feel about Glasgow, Selena, but I do sometimes, you know, walk down the street and I think, oh, that's, if, if I was a tourist here, yeah. would I feel safe? Is this an attractive city? Yeah. I'm not sure that it is because... Well, that's the thing. I was going to say, me, myself, I don't personally notice it, but I mean, we're used to it. We're from Glasgow. We know that, mm-hmm. you know, statistically speaking, it's probably not going to be an issue for us, but... I completely agree with you. I think if you were visiting the city and you saw it and you weren't really aware of what was going on, it could be quite intimidating. It could be quite scary. um, And it could, uh, yeah, I don't think it would make it a very attractive place to be. I agree with you there. A lot of the the things that kind of businesses are saying are along the same lines of basically 
nighttime business is falling away because people don't like being in the city anymore mm-hmm. after dark because of the kind of drug use and antisocial behaviour that does tend to take place, particularly in that area in front of Glasgow Central, do you know, mm-hmm. you can sometimes feel like you're you're just walking through a, a sea of people and you're not really sure what's going on and, you know, there's always police there mm-hmm. and it's, it's it, it can be a wee bit unsettling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is the the first step to to tackle this that we've be, we've been talking about for a while here in Week in the Region, and let's see what happens. Has there been any chat yet about what the action could entail? Because I know, but obviously we're talking during the week as well. Down in Manchester, they've launched, I think it's a pilot scheme, um, where they're basically handing out on the spot hundred pound fines yeah. to people that they deem are aggressively begging or you know kind of engaging in anti-social behavior do we have any idea yet of what that action could be is it going to be a greater police presence or i think part of the consultation is about working with police and for them to use the powers that they have to better tackle some of the issue the existing issues obviously one of the things that glasgow city council has discussed in the past are these city centre banning orders so anybody that is found to be you know dealing drugs or aggressively begging or or whatever it may be or you know constantly causing problems would be banned from entering the city centre there was a lot of backlash about on on those saying you know they were targeting homeless people who of course need help and need to Mm -hmm. be in the city centre sometimes to receive that help it is a fine line it is all about striking the balance I'm not really sure what the answer is and I have been covering this quite extensively for a while now and I don't know what the answer is but you know the the right people are looking for it yeah I'd say the consultation is definitely a step in the right direction and it'll be interesting to see kind of where it goes from there this is a week in the week. Hundreds of school kids, college and university students have descended on George Square to take part in a mass protest against climate change. Yep, so many were warned that they risked their attendance records as their absence from classes for the so-called school strike were unauthorised. The protest in George Square was one of many taking place in major cities across the country. Green MSP Ross Greer addressed the count. Green MSP Ross Greer addressed the crowd. He says it's heartwarming to see the young generation taking action. I think it's really important to support a generation of young people who've decided quite rightly that enough is enough. Imagine being 14, 15, 16 years old and being told that the world has 10 years left to avert something that would be utterly catastrophic, not just within your lifetime, but by the time you're middle-aged. I'm 24 and by the time I'm middle-aged, Europe will be experiencing the kind of heat waves that killed 70,000 people in 2003 every single summer. There are already hundreds of thousands, millions of people dying because of the climate crisis. This is a generation have decided enough is enough. They've been failed by governments, by corporations, by everyone that's came before them and they need to take action to do something about it. By taking these strike actions in here in Scotland, across the UK, across Europe and the world, they are forcing this issue onto the agenda of people who don't want it there. That is incredibly successful. And I think for us in Scotland it's really important. One of the four founding principles of our curriculum is responsible citizenship. The young people here today are the best example I've seen yet of responsible citizenship in Scotland. They're here fighting not just for their future, but the collective future of all of us for the whole world. So there you go. That's really interesting. It is very interesting and I'm ashamed to say I actually 
don't know enough about climate change. We have 10 years to reverse the kind of damage that's been done so far. I think beyond that point, it will be irreversible. I do do what I can. I recycle Mm -hmm. and... I, if I'm going on a short journey and I can walk it, I always try to walk. Yep. I'm not really sure what drastic action we can take, though. I think on an individual level, it's about just small changes kind of collectively making this big difference. But I do think it's really interesting that so many young folk and teenagers clearly feel so strongly about this. And, yeah. you know, obviously there's been some kind of debate about should they be skipping school to go to something like this? I think that's a separate issue um, because, like he said, it is an issue that is on the agenda at school. It's something that a lot of these kids are probably being taught in school and they're thinking, OK, well, we're being told this is a problem, so what can I do about it? And I think that's pretty admirable, actually. I think it's a brilliant thing that our young people are, are engaging in issues that they're passionate about. Me too. Uh, yes, they skip school to, to go to this protest, but should we be really punishing them for engaging and wanting to make a difference in the world and and using their voice and standing up for issues that they believe in no i really don't think so because isn't that what we try to teach them to do in schools in the first place absolutely and i think that it's doing things like that that makes a sort of lasting impact obviously you can sit in the classroom you can listen to your teachers talking you can read your textbooks and that's where you get the sort of kind of ground knowledge for these issues but it's only actually going out and taking a bit of practical action that I think is what makes a difference in the long run that's what gonna kind of that's what that's going what am I trying to say that's going to kind of plant this seeds of passion among them and think you know this is something that I really want to continue taking action against as I grow older so I think it's great also can I just say Ross Greer MSP is 24 if ever there was a thing to make me feel old (laughs) <laughs> that would be it. We're sitting here saying, so what, what's the term? Woke? And Woke? there's a 24-year-old Woke. MP out there leading a protest. Woke. We're old fuddy-duddies, aren't we? Yep. Yep. Okay. Our week in the week. Well, that almost brings us to the end of this week's episode. But before we go, it's time to play When in the Weege. Except we're not playing When in the Weege oh. because I couldn't think of a year. So oh. I'm mixing it up. Well, I could, I could, probably could have thought of a year. Game but in the changer. 10 minutes that I had before the podcast, I couldn't think of a year. You mean you were unprepared for this, Selena? No, I was just very busy with other things. Uh-huh. So what we're doing today is Who in the Weege. Oh, this is exciting. It's very exciting. Oh. It's very exciting. So... Oh buzzing we're gonna play it the same way as usual three clues if she gets it on the first clue she'll get three points second clue she'll get two third clue she'll get one are you ready no okay let's go you can do it okay so my first clue is this man was born in govan in 1941 i'm probably about to really really insult him is it (laughs) billy Connolly? it's not okay it's not so your second clue is he played for Queen's Park, Rangers and Air United, among other clubs, but those are your ones in Glasgow in the West. Um, come on, come on, come on, come on, Natalie. Come on, come on, come on. Is it DJ? It's not DJ. Oh. It's not. That would be a good guess, though. Yeah. So your last clue, you'll get this. He was the manager... 
of Manchester United between 1986 oh, Sir Alex and 2013. It was oh, Sir Alex Ferguson. I'm so glad I got that. I would have I actually been miserable if I had I would have been mortified for you if you hadn't got that one, I have to say. Do you know what else I'm really impressed with? What? My other two guesses. They were good guesses. Yeah. They were good guesses. Oh, DJ. Yeah, I mean, DJ played for Rangers. He did. And, I mean, I'm probably insulting him, assuming that you... He might have possibly been born in 1941. I think we're aging him a wee bit Yeah, there. just slightly. But I mean... Decent guesses yeah, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with those. Oh, I like who in the weed. We should uh, do yeah, that more. Yeah, I'm good at this one. Okay, we Finally. can do that. Congratulations, Natalie. Yay. One point to you. <laughs> A Week in the Ouija is a Radio Clyde News production. For the latest around the clock, follow on Twitter at Radio Clyde News. Well, that brings us to the end of today's Week in the Beach. Thank you to our senior sports reporter, Alison Conroy, for joining us and to you for listening. And before you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, and we'll see you next time on Week in the Ouija. Bye! Bye.